Recording, reporting, recording, reporting, recording, reporting to you. Jesus, I've been doing this for two years and I, I miss that. I'm reporting to you, not live from my closet. Hi, everybody. Hi. Um, I am doing better than I was last week, but uh, some stuff unfolded the last few days and I'm sitting with it and I, I'm, I will tell you all about it in a bit. Um, I have been waiting to record Crawl Space because someone... Uh, the, the people that live behind me, you know, the, you don't remember, I don't know if you remember, you probably remember cause I bitched about them for like an entire year on the podcast, the neighbors that were just really loud all the time. I don't know if I told you guys this, but the neighbors that were loud all the time and that I was like contemplating either trying to seduce one of them or burn their place to the ground, which I understand there's a lot of middle ground that I could have covered, but instead my brain goes to seduce your way into making them quiet or just burn the place to the ground. I like black or white. That's it. Um, I'm working on my living in the gray. You guys know that, but, uh, I don't know if I told you this like six months ago, maybe, or I don't know. Time isn't real. We're all on the same page, right? That like yesterday feels like a hundred years ago and also seconds ago. Like time is so weird in this fucking pandemic every and every day. It's just like new. I don't know, man, I am doing my best to just stay positive. Uh, I do have a lot of people who are really, you know, I, I want to talk about positivity a bunch in this podcast too this week. Um, but I have people that aren't, you know, with the state of the world and how fucked up it is. And I've just sort of shifted to how can I help instead of just like, cause I'm, we can't do anything. We're here. We're stuck here. You know what I mean? Like, this is like, like we can bitch or we can try and change something. But, um, anyway, so I don't know if it was six months ago, it could have been two weeks ago. I know it wasn't two weeks ago. It was like before, before the holidays. So before the holidays, uh, the loud neighbors, uh, the feds fucking ransacked their place and then they all left and we think they went to jail. And then my neighbor went down and found, uh, I don't know, found like, I'm going to say 500 needles in their recycle bin. Now I don't think the if you're getting rid of drugs, you don't typically just throw them in your recycle bin as the feds are coming in. And also the feds don't just like throw those away, but that's still fucking sketch. Right. And now the place is up for sale, but now there's just like constant construction going on. So all morning there's a fucking jackhammer, which is, I have a couple of auditions to record and this, and it's like, I, I understand that we live in a big city. I get that. It's just, I feel like, I feel like construction should all be done at once one day a week, right? Like it's like, okay, well on Thursdays or, you know, the city is just really loud cause that's when everyone does construction. So get your shit done. Does that make sense? I, I don't know. It's just like, like there's a lot of people that work from home and I'm, you know, I do a lot of voiceover, uh, well I'm working on doing a lot of voiceover work. It's, you know, slowly coming in and stuff, but like I need a quiet room and just like a jackhammer going on from like, I don't know, it's noon now. It's been going on since eight 30 this morning. And I, I, it's just, these aren't real problems. I understand. Um, but, uh, but wild, right. I don't know. And I know we could like look up what happened. Like you could like, I'm not good at Googling. I know that I come from the generation that Google like started, uh, or started Google. Um, and I should be really good at Googling, but I still, I don't, I, I mean, I can Google some stuff. Obviously I can go like easy stuff, but you know, when people are like, oh, you can find a news article by putting, you know, the address and quotation marks plus, you know, drug bust and other quotation marks. I think that's how you do it. I have no idea, man. I have no idea. Um, I'm headed to San Diego after this. Um, the events that have transpired this week, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I just be really honest. Um, I, I feel like the more on it, the, you know, the more honest I am in this, the better I am off. And then also every time I share something that's not so pretty about myself, uh, I get some messages that are like, Oh my God, I also do that. Or like, you're not alone. Like I just, in my quest in my life, my quest is just to make the, you know, humans not feel so isolated that we do, you know, we feel so isolated in these like things. And, um, so you guys know the guy from Washington that this whole podcast could be like the B story is like, you know, a love, you know, my love note to him. Not really. I, I think I, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. Um, 
I last week I I I was you know I I was like you know maybe trying to get closure because I haven't been able to let this person go no matter how many like dudes have come into my life right there's like two dudes right now that not in like a two-timey way or not anything serious but like two potential dudes that are lovely and funny and very hot like hot like uncomfortably hot um and I'm still hung up on this guy that I've never met and so I you know I added him back and then he and then we talked all last week and it was like, all right, well, we're going to talk on the phone or Zoom and just like, you know, have some kind of closure. And he's in San Diego this week. And it's so crazy. I can't believe I'm saying all this out loud. Um, or I can't, I like, I, I can believe it, but I can't fucking believe it. So he's in San Diego right now. He tells me on Monday, he's going to be in San Diego all week. And I was like, all right, well, I'll drive down. Let's meet. Let's finally fucking meet. And he's like, well, I don't know. Like, uh, like, it's like, what are you hiding, man? Like, what are you fucking hiding? But he was like, you know, I don't know. You'll be do, do, doing more driving than we'll actually be able to hang out. Cause I'm, I'll be just working in a hotel room all the whole time. Right. Which I believe that, but I, and I was just like, honestly, man, I almost don't care. Like, this is so crazy. This has been going on on and off for two years. And I think just meeting you, I was like, honestly, dude, I don't care. And he was like, he's like, well, I, I, I don't know. And I was, he goes, I just, cause he, uh, in our talks, uh, if you remember, he was supposed to move to Los Angeles and that was when we were supposed to be together. Uh, and when we talked last week, he has moved for, further North and it is permanent. And in those, you know, as much as I, I, I've already told you, I have a hard time letting this go, but I think in the back of my mind, I thought, well, you know, if he, when, when he moves to LA, cause he said, you know, the last time we spoke, it was like, yeah, it's just going to be a little bit longer and I don't want you to wait for me. In the back of my mind, I always thought, well, he'll live in LA one day and maybe we'll meet. Maybe this thing will actually come to fruition or maybe there really is something here. You know what I mean? And so last week he told me he was never moving here and that, you know, moving further North, like North, North, like south of like barely south of the Canadian border and at like a small town we're just different people you know and I whoo yeah I'm a wow um we're different people you know he he saw the state of the world and he was like I'm gonna just move to a small town and just stay away from it all and and that's fine and I see the state of the world and I'm like oh I'm gonna go back to school and run for public office uh more on that later um don't tell, as I've said, and I've said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas. Um, don't tell people shit you want to do that aren't safe. You know what I mean? I told someone in my life recently that I wanted to run for office in 10 years. And he said, you'll be really old by then. And, and I was like, well, 50 is not old, but, um, okay. And, and then he, and then he like doubled down. It was like, yeah, the, this generation's wiping you guys out. We don't want you anymore. We want young, we want young. And I was like, well, I don't really look that old. And also I'm very progressive, whatever. So then I'm like defending my dream or whatever. And he's like, and then I was just like, you know what? I, and I just went, okay. And this guy is always like, his, his one goal is just to like get, we'll get back to Seattle. Don't worry. But, uh, his one goal is to like get under my skin. Like, I think he does. I don't think it's personal. I think he does it to everybody. That's why he has a hard time with relationships. But, uh, his one goal is just to like get under people's skin and like fuck with them. And so I just didn't pick up the rope this time. I just went, okay. And he was like, well, you don't have to get so fucking defensive. And I was like, I didn't get defensive. I just said, okay. And he goes, well, you sound defensive. And I'm like, well, I'm not. And he goes, well, you are. And I'm like, no, I'm just, you know, if you told me something that you wanted to do with your life. And I just said something like, oh, you're too old. It's just not very nice. And I'm just not going to argue with you. It's just not a nice thing to say or do. And, and he was like, well, I wouldn't take you seriously. And I was just like, okay. And then he's like, you know, what? I'm going to get off the phone. And he hung up on me. <laughs> so just like, that is why when I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, like why my circle is so small now and why I only talk to people that I want to do like this stuff with, with very few people, because people shit on stuff that they don't, they can't, you know, like, I don't, I don't know how to, I used to work at this phone room years ago, years and years ago when I first moved to Los Angeles. Uh, it was a wild place. I don't know if I've ever told you guys about this. It was like a room full of has-beens and wannabes, right? Like it was just like my boss was Pee Wee from Porky's. Like the, uh, I hope you're all keeping up. Don't worry. I am going to San Diego not to see that guy. But, so we'll get back to Seattle in a little bit, but we're off and running on this one. Um, Pee Wee from Porky's. And if you, it's like an 80s movie. He was like basically like the stiffler of the 80s, right? 
that literal guy was our boss and he was so I had a really hard relationship with him because I had, you know, massive authority figure, dad issues. So I like, I, like I was just like terrified of it, him, terrified of him. And now as an adult, like I went back to like visit later when I had like had some successes under my belt and he treated me completely different. And it was just so weird. Cause like, and then I, you know, he liked that he had intimidated me, but he talked, uh, you know, he talked, uh, he would talk to this guy I used to sit next to like, I bet you're fucking that. Right. Which is so creepy. Cause like my, his daughter was my age. It was just so all so fucking creepy, but I used to work at this phone room and, uh, and just, you know, people that were like me, bright eyed, 21, fresh off the bus from wherever they were from. And then people that had had some successes, like there were many people in that room who had like one hit wonders and then blew all their money on drugs. And now they're working in a phone room. There was, there was a woman who I saw the other day hiking around with my buddy, Whitney. She was in that, she was in that phone room and she would work. There was a lot of people who also were like working in that room just in between acting jobs. And this bitch has been in everything, like everything. And, and just seeing her walking around the hills, I'm like, oh man, like everything. Like she like, like a road to perdition. Uh, I, I just like all the movie. I still see her now breaking bad. She's like one of the, she's like a character actress that's just been in everything. But so, um, uh, I was working in this phone room years ago. Oh my God. I lost my train of thought. Oh, brain fog, brain fog. Um, phone room years ago. It'll come back to me. Oh my God. What if it doesn't? Oh my God. It's so interesting. My, my cousin had, uh, my cousin had COVID and she relates to the brain fog and a few people have tagged me into stuff. So I, I'm glad that I'm not the only one, but people, you know, it, it's such a weird feeling to be, you know, I, I part, you know, my part of my brand is I'm able to fucking talk about 52 subjects at once and then tie them all together at the end. And then sometimes my brain just goes blank. It'll come back to me. I'm um, working on a phone room years ago, sketchy phone room. I don't know, man. But so it came back to me. Um, I had to pause the recording, sit for a minute, listen a little bit. And now it's back to me. So back to like, it, it like telling people when you have dreams or like big goals that like most, most of the population doesn't have the guts to do that kind of stuff. Right. And I don't mean that in a shitty way. Like you don't have the guts, but I just mean like most people know what they know from their environment. Like, you know, like, like Los Angeles is full of people that like saw something bigger than their hometown. And we're all like, we're, you know, we're all the, you know, Island of broken toys, but really we're the Island of people who just like see bigger visions. I feel like, or, you know, even New York and New York too. But so we're to this phone room years ago and we made very little money. Um, the hours were, you know, I mean, the hours were fine, but like, it just, it just, it, and we, we compared it to prison, like literally like we called it the row. We all had a crew. Uh, they used to time us when we went to the bathroom, we had to like, they would listen to our calls. Like it was just, I mean, it was just a really fucked up environment, but it was my first job. And, and I, you know, I didn't know that I could get a waitressing job and that that would be so much better. But so I like, I went to go work at, I, you know, I started looking for another job being like, oh, there's gotta be more than this, right? Like there's gotta be more to it than, than me, uh, you know, barely skirting by when I know all these people, you know, whatever. So I, I, I found the job at the bank and I came back to work and all of these people at work were like, what's it like out there? what's the other job like? You know, like it was just such a weird, like, cause they, they couldn't see past leaving this comfort job, even though the job wasn't like the devil, you know, is better than the devil that you don't know. And so I, I don't know if that's, if my point is coming across, but it's just like in my experience and I keep, and this, this person that I talked to about running for office is a family member. And I keep going to the, this is a big, this is one of my rules in like episode 40 or something, my 15 rules. Um, I keep going to the hardware store for milk. Like I keep telling people like this, you know, this one family member who's, you know, not typically the most supportive person. And I don't think it's personal. And, um, but I keep going to places like that, hoping that they'll give me encouragement, praise and like support when they just don't have, they just don't have it in them. Like, it's not personal. Like I'm not the, I'm not the per I'm not the only one they do this to. I don't think, but like, it's like going to the hardware store for milk. And also in my, my ACA program, it's called the inner drugstore. Like you, you're used to chaos and, and you know, shit behavior. So if you can't, you, you like return to places that are chaotic or, you know, give you shitty responses or behavior because you're more, you're more comfortable with that kind of behavior than you are, 
with love and support and back to Seattle. Cause that's what I'm doing. I, you know, I have this guy, this one guy who's, um, I don't know. We'll see. I've known him a long time and we're supposed to hang out soon. And he's really funny and on the right side of history and super handsome. And, uh, and I'm sitting here obsessed over a guy that has never shown up for me, has never, ever shown up for me. And so last week I was really sad when I, when he was like, yeah, I, I, you know, that that's, that's it. I'm, I'm, you know, this is where I'm staying and this is the life I want. And it was just like, man, two years. The only, the comfort I have in that is I learned a lot in this, not a relationship. And I also, it wasn't two solid years, at least, at least it wasn't just like, you know, there was like nine month breaks in between Jesus fucking Christ. But so he said he was coming out to San Diego this week and that, um, I'd be driving more than I would see him. And I was just like, and I was like, I, I almost don't care. And, um, I was like, aren't you curious at all to see if this really was ever real? And he didn't respond for a long time. And like, I don't know, like seven hours. And I was like, you know what, man, message received. And then immediately he responds and it's, this is what he does. It's like, as soon as I drop the rope, he's like, no, 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 don't leave. And, um, God, I fall for it every time. And he's like, no, I, it's not. He's like, of course I'm curious. I just don't see what the point of meeting because nothing can come from it. And, and I was like, does anything have to come from it? Like, what if we just got some kind of closure? You know, he talks about how his buddy can't let go of, uh, you know, uh, he'll date somebody and then like they break up and he can't let go of them for, you know, months and he like bitches about it. And I'm like, I'm like you and I haven't been able to let go of each other for two years. Um, whether it's me that can't let go and you've been one of the, you've been on the other side of not being able to let me go, you know, like it is just, and so I, and I was just like, look, I don't think anything, just closure. And he, you know, hearted it or whatever. And I was like, just think about it. Um, I could drive down there. We can have dinner, meet, no pressure. You know, if it feels right, I'll stay. If it doesn't feel right, I'll go home. And, you know, maybe we'll laugh and maybe we'll be able to just finally say fucking goodbye, you know, or maybe we'll have like, I don't know, in my brain, I have a, a person that I talk about a, a lot. Um, he was my first love in my brain. That's what this could be, you know, like we have this wild connection and maybe we're just supposed to care about each other from afar and have coffee every couple of years and hope the other one's doing well. And you know what I mean? Like, I think that that's lovely, but I, it's not going to happen. And so on Monday night, I text him, he was, you know, flying to San Diego. And I was like, uh, I was, I was like, so what are your thoughts? And he said, I definitely want to meet you, but I, I need to meditate to see if it's a good thing for me or not. And that is the last time I heard from him. I, uh, I was like, and so I reached out to my, my buddy. This is the good news from this. I've been trying to go down to see my buddy, Ali, who I've talked about a ton on this podcast. And I finally get to meet his baby. Who's like nine now. He's not nine. He's like three, but still I've never met the baby because of COVID. Right. And so I like, I reached out to him and I was just like, Hey, I might have night plans, but I am coming to San Diego. Um, or I wanted to come to San Diego. I have night plans. Possibly they, I don't know if they're not, you know, whatever. I sound like such a crazy person. Uh, I feel so crazy. And that's what people like this guy do to sane people. I know I'm not, no, I'm sane, dude. Uh, but this is what, you know, this kind of behavior does to sane people that non-crazy person looks crazy, but this like guy back and forth for years. And, and so my, you know, Ali was like, yeah, absolutely come. And then this morning and he's like, and you can stay here and stay the night. And this morning I text him and I was like, the plans fell through. Um, should I still come? And he's like, absolutely. And, and now I get to go see my friend Ali. And I also, I think that's the closure every time. Whew. I mean, I act like I'm not going to cry on the fucking podcast. I've cried a billion times on this podcast. Every single time we get close to meeting or we get close in general, this guy disappears for two years now and expecting anything different would make me a crazy person. Um, uh, so I'm going to drop the rope and I'm going to figure out how to let this person go. I've tried a lot. I've tried everything, you know, and, uh, but I have not tried just doing nothing. So I'm just going to do nothing and I'm going to drive to San Diego and, um, 
I'm going to see one of my best friends in the world. One of my best friends in the world who honestly will be perfect for this situation. And always, I haven't felt on stable ground in a long time. As you know, my uncle passed away and I'm going to the funeral in two weeks. A lot of my family has, uh, a part of my family has had to drop out because Omicron is so rampant right now. And, you know, they're older around older people or children and that's completely understandable. But I haven't been on solid ground in a while and seeing Ali grounds me, always has. I've known him since I was 22. God, that's so long. It's almost 20 years, man. And it always grounds me. And so, you know, the bright side, silver lining, I've been, you know, we've been talking about me coming down there for a while now since shit's opened up and Henry had his surgery and I can leave him for a night, you know. So I'm headed to San Diego. Oh, wish me luck. And also wish me luck. I just, I'll never, I, that's it. I dropped the rope. I am dropping the rope. God, I've blocked this guy. I've, I, I might tell him to fuck off. I haven't done the anger thing that is just like, you're a cunt. You're a fucking cunt. And I know, I mean, I just think he's just a confused lost guy or he's an asshole. Some people are like, no, I think sometimes people are just dicks. And I, I, I just, I, I've seen glimpses of, I think it's just a, a, a scared little boy who has avoidant tendencies and is not a well person. Um, yeah, just not a well person. And I've done everything I can. I almost just quoted a John Mayer song. That's really embarrassing. Uh, I, I was reminded of the story. So the other day I was at a job and I was talking to the, you know, I was telling, uh, we were talking about Mexico. I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but I once accidentally drove to Mexico. Uh, and I know if I haven't told this, I, I don't, you guys know I'm a smart person. I'm a smart person. And this is probably the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, I was leaving Ali in San Diego and I understand the ocean was on the wrong side and I didn't notice it. All I, I was hung over first of all, and this is like 10 years ago. I was hung over and I was just driving back to LA and I kept thinking, man, I'm making the best time ever. I'm making such good time, you know, like, yeah. And, uh, and, and the next thing I know, I see welcome to Mexico. And I'm like, oh no. And there's not really a place to like turn around except for inside of Mexico. Like the, like the, like the medium is like covered up by like, you know, like a big cement barrier or whatever. And so I went into Mexico and I thank God I had my passport because my wallet was stolen or something happened to my ID. So I had my passport. So I went into Mexico and then I went, drove around and got out the exit and the guy, the officer, I accidentally pocket dialed my boss at the time, which is so embarrassing. So I heard the whole thing and I, you know, I was, the officer was like, uh, well, look, the, the, the top three things people smuggle out of Mexico are, are drugs, Mexicans and cans. And he's like cans cause they're like currency in the U S right. And I don't know that I never questioned that. And I don't know if he was just kidding, but I happen to have six, I never looked into it and people are always like, really? But it sounds reasonable, right? It sounds like, Oh, okay. And, but at the time my apartment building didn't have a recycle bin. So I used to hoard like I'd, I'd shove the cans in my trunk until my trunk was full of big plastic bags full of cans. And then I give them to my bar back. Right. And, and so I had a full trunk of cans and they had to search my vehicle. Cause obviously the story is really stupid. I just accidentally like, that's a total drug mule story, right? Like just send a pretty girl in and pretend she accidentally drove to Mexico. And so he had to search my car and he pops the trunk and there's like six bags of cans. And I was like, those aren't mine officer. Uh, thank God he ended up believing me. He was just like, you know what? Your story is so fucking stupid that there's no way that someone made this up. And I was like, all right. So I get in my car and he's like, all right, now you're just going to go straight on this freeway and not. And I'm like, I get it. I know how to get to LA. It was, it was, it was really embarrassing. I have a picture of the border of Mexico. I somewhere, I don't know if I have it anymore. I think it's somewhere on my Instagram. You can go back like nine years or whenever Instagram first became a thing. Um, but I'm excited. I, I'm, and I, I will tell you honestly, honestly, uh, I went to bed last night and was like, well, I really want to go see Ali. Um, and I have a 23% hope 
that this guy will call me and we'll meet. And now I, I am, I'm telling you, I, I've dropped the rope. I have dropped the rope. I don't, I, I, and even if he did reach out at this point, unless he was like in jail or the hospital or some shit, like had like a real excuse for not responding to me for the last 48 hours, I'm dropping the rope. I don't know how I'm going to let this human go. And I don't, and I feel like a crazy person because you guys have heard the story for the last two years. Um, but I'm, I'm going to attempt to actually move forward. So this will be the last time we talk about this guy because, um, the more I talk about it, the more I, you know, the more, you know, people are like, Oh, but what if maybe what if, and it's like, no, there's just none there. Um, I think the big thing I have to do is grieve the fact that this has been a two-year relationship, you know, not a relationship, but like grieve the lost time, I think. Um, and I, you know, we were, I, I told him I thought I owed him an amends and I thought I did because I, I thought that, you know, I had written him an amends in my step nine and I thought, and if you don't know, I'm, you know, 12 step and uh, step eight is you make a list of all the people he'd harmed and step nine, you make amends to those people unless to do so would do harm to you or others. Right. And so I, I, I wrote him a letter cause I thought, I thought, um, reaching out to him would do harm to me. Um, and so then, you know, when we talked last week, I was like, I'd like to make you an amends. And he was like, I don't feel like you owe me one, but I don't also don't want to disrupt your process. Cause you know, he knows 12 steps and he's like, I, you know, if you feel like you need it, then I will be here to listen. I'll make time. And I, I was like, okay, thank you. And now I, I'm grateful because I don't owe the amends to him. I, the, I owe the amends to myself. I need to forgive myself for going back as many times as I have for, for how, you know, for accepting this completely ludicrous and unacceptable, just disrespectful, shitty behavior. Like it'd be almost better if this guy, it would be nicer and more humane if this guy just, humane, so dramatic. But if this guy just texted me and said, fuck off, I never want to talk to you again, then this like, you know, but I, I, but that's, that's what, you know, people who are avoidant do as soon as he starts to lose me, he's always been like, wait, 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 wait. But it's like, I want something better than this. And I deserve something better than this. And I, I don't owe him the amends. I owe myself the amends and, and grieving it, you know, just grieving the lost time. Luckily it happened in a pandemic. So most of the time we were seeing each other, we would have been seeing each other the way we saw each other, which was over Zoom because that's how people dated, you know, in 2020. Um, and and luckily it was like, not that I, you know, I wasn't like turning down a bunch of dudes left and right because it wasn't going anywhere, you know, so I wasn't meeting anybody. So luckily I didn't, you know, and I still went on dates. So I didn't waste too much time. And I wrote a book. He's in the book, by the way. He's a, He's the chapter, I am a fraud. I think that's what the chapter is called. Um, and he did it to me that chapter he has done to me now three times and this time doesn't even count. he's just, I don't know. He's just, I guess it doesn't matter. What matters is just healing and moving forward and focusing on myself. Um, yeah. So the positivity that I wanted to talk about, it's just so I, the more I'm around, uh, <laughs> in this human form. I believe that dude. I don't believe like when people are like, we're not, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. We're not humans having a spirit. You know what I like? And so I, I think I'm just using this body for now while I have this human experience. And that's why I refer to us as humans and human beings. And it does make me look like an alien or crazy unless you are in the same camp as me spiritual wise. But, but I, I, you know, I keep seeing how the, you know, manifestation and laws of attraction really work. Uh, as I said, you know, New Year's Day, I, I don't know if I told you guys this last week because I didn't erase it off my list. So I imagine I haven't told you about it, um, but we'll see. Uh, but I, um, yeah, I, was bar I bartended this rave on uh, last last week and I, um, I, you know, I was, like, I work for the, I work for this company and we do these events and it's so funny. Every, every 
far I've ever been placed in this company. I usually make good money and the same amount of money. And, but there are people who are literally like adult people, adult people. They'll be like, all right, you seven are at bar five and adult people will sprint to the bar to get a good spot sprint. And I'm like, I feel like it all comes out in the wash. And I found out one girl who was sprinting. She made $100 more than I did at the last rave. And I was like, yeah, my, my like not fighting someone, you know, like, and then other people will literally pick fights with people. Like this guy was telling me he was sitting at, uh, he was sitting at, um, a, he was at his bar and this girl parked next to him. And then this guy wanted to be at his bar and came up to him and was like, dude, I want to, I want that bar. Can we switch? And my buddy was like, Oh no, I picked this bar. So I, you know, I like this. I'm happy where I'm already set up. Like you also have to do this whole setup thing. He's like, I'm already set up. I don't want to move. And the guy goes, what's the bartend next to his girlfriend or whoever like slams down his bag and goes, dude, I'm bartending here. You're either going to move or we're going to have to have a problem. Try to fight him over a fucking bar spot. And also like, I don't know. So the guy was just like, whatever. And like, let him have the bar spot. And so this last rave, I was bartending, not in the best place, but, and I still haven't gotten my, my money yet, but I never stopped bartending all night. So I did all right. You know, like I, there was never a lull or anything. It was just, you know, all night. And, uh, so, so I'm assuming I did well. And so this guy gets moved next to me. Right. And he's so he comes over, he's so angry and so negative and he comes over and he's like, and they're there. So he's in between me and another guy. I mean, the other guy had kind of been talking a little bit, not like really talking that much, but the other guy seemed all right. So the guy that got moved, he goes, I am not happy about moving here. I was, I was, I was bartending next to my girlfriend. And so they moved me here and I'm really mad about it. You guys better be cool. And they, an adult person, this guy was like in his forties and, um, and the other guy was like, I don't know. And then he looked at me and I go, oh, I am not cool. Like at all. Like I'm not, not cool. And he's like, oh, at least you're funny. And I was like, all right, well, we're going to march next to each other and you, sir, are going to see how very uncool I am. Um, and, and he was nice and we got along and like, you know, every time more we talked, he's, I was like, say, I'm not cool. Cause we'd talk about like nerdy, like I talk about nerdy shit and he's like, what's that? But he seemed nice, but he was just so negative about the money, right? So negative about the money. And he's like, these fucking people aren't tipping me and fuck these people and blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm just so mad I had to move. And like, and I was like, I don't know. And I was like, oh, literally everyone that is coming to my bar is tipping me well over 20%, everybody. And it's like a rave. So the drinks are like astronomically expensive. And it's just, it was just so funny. We're in the exact same, we're doing the exact same thing at the exact same place and the exact same spot. And my, I believe my positive attitude is why I fucking got, and then he also said, it's so funny. So years ago when I worked at big wings, um, I used to say this a lot and I was like, I don't know, I was like 25 to like 29 and I would just be like, I don't really care about any of the drama. Just don't fuck with my money. And I was friends with this bouncer and I'd always, t I'd always say that to him. I'm like, that's the only thing I fucking care about. Just don't fuck with my money. And he's like, do you know how trashy you sound when you say shit like that? Like, I don't care. I'll fight a bitch for my money. And I was like, I was like, no, it's how I pay my bills. And I like justified being this, like this mean girl who'd like, was like, don't fuck with my money. When, by the way, I always did fine. Look at me. I'm fine now. You know what I mean? It always fucking works out. And then this guy, uh, you know, New Year's day just kept saying, don't fuck with my money. And I remember Justin, the bouncer. And I was like, dude, he was right. You do sound pretty trashy and like ratchet and like much more like, he's like, I'm a gangster. No, fuck off. Right. It was just, but like, I'm just learning more and more that like, the, the, your attitude and your perspective of shit. And today I could be really sad, you know, and, and be like, I don't even have like the anxiety of, is he going to call? I've stopped checking my phone to see if he's read the message or if he's going to call me back or whatever. I, I, the anxiety is gone. Cause like I'm dropping, I'm putting down the rope. I am putting down the fucking rope. Oh gosh. So I wrote this down too. Um, so as how I do this is like throughout the week, I just like write notes of stuff that happens so I can remember to talk about it on here. Um, I, uh, I, uh, last, last week I had a job last week, I think it was. And there was a girl, oh, there was a girl that, that clamored on to me, not clamored on. Like when you do these random ass jobs, I was basically a glorified extra. Uh, you always, I, I, I try not like sometimes I make friends and then sometimes I don't. Cause sometimes when you make friends, you end up with some random, random weirdo all day. But the, I mean, this girl is fine. 
she was fine. I'll tell you a story about being an extra years and years ago, which like after that, I was like, nope, I don't want to make friends because it was one of the most horrifying things that has ever happened to me in my life. I'll get to that. But this girl, so she was very nice. And like, so we like, but she, she had perfectly straight teeth. So it's still confusing how this happened. We had three meals together. It was a long day, three meals together. And she talked through the entire meal with her mouth full and her teeth are straight. So there's no place for like food to just that much food to get into her teeth. You know what I mean? Like I know that food gets into teeth, but I mean like all of her teeth were covered in the food. She was talking with her mouth open and non-stop talking. I didn't eat all day. Every single time I tried to eat, I was like, oh my God, I think I'm going to be sick. Like, cause it was just like the, what I was eating was like open in her mouth, chewed while she's laughing and it's in her teeth. And I'm like thinking about it right now. And I wrote that down. Cause like, I am terrified of not, of being that person and not knowing it. You know what I mean? Like, how does she not know? How has someone somewhere along the way not been like, girl, chew with your fucking mouth closed. How? Like it goes back to the whole bad breath thing. I'm terrified of having bad breath. I know, you know, everyone knows like three or four people that just consistently have really bad breath. And, and, uh, um, and I, I guess I, what do you say? Hey, yo, but I'm like terrified. And I always talk to my buddy Whitney about this. I talk about Whitney a lot in here, in here. Um, I always, I'm always just like, Hey, if ever, that is me. Like if my breath starts to just smell all the time or like I chew, if I eat disgustingly or like I stink, like something, please be a dear enough friend to be like, you got to do something. That is my biggest fear in life. I mean, you guys know about Julie Grego when I was like in, 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 when I was like 10, third grade, uh, fourth grade, whatever it was, she and I were sitting, she was my best friend and she and I were sitting in my backyard and we were both talking about bad breath and how we were always scared we'd have it. And so we decided to uh, smell each other's breath. And so I smell her breath and it smells nothing, right? And it was like, oh, your breath doesn't smell like anything. And then she smells my breath and she goes, mm, kind of smells like milk. I was 10. I was 10. Of course it smelled like milk. My dad used to make me drink milk at every meal, which now looking back, like I didn't think it was that weird until I became an adult and all of my childhood friends were like, yeah, none of our parents made us do that. We drink so much milk at your house. And I don't really drink, I don't drink milk now and I don't really do dairy often. But my bones, my nails and my hair and teeth are so strong. Like I have fantastic hair. And I think, uh, I, well, that I don't know if your hair is part of that, but get calcium, but I'm going to throw it in there. But like, thank you, Tom Crawl, for forcing me to drink milk all the time. But Julie Grego told me my breasts melt, melt like milk. And I've thought about it every day since that day when I was 10 years old, every day. I even recently tried to find all of her family on, on Facebook. They are not interested in being my friend. I added them all and they all declined. <laughs> I also haven't seen any of them in like 25 years. And, and, uh, and, and so that maybe they're like, who is this? I don't know. And we have no mutual friends, but I just wanted to see how everyone was doing. But yeah, Julie Grego. But I like, I, I'm just terrified of being that person. And this girl just seemed to not know. It was... Guys, it was one of the grossest things I've seen in years, years, all over her teeth. It happened in the morning and I was just like, oh, I've definitely lost my appetite. Why doesn't she just like finish swallowing and then talk? Like I talk a lot. So I'll just like not eat the meal until I'm done talking. And then usually everyone's all done with their food and I'm like, fuck, I've been talking this whole time. It's way better than eating and talking with your mouth. It was wild. It was wild. I'm going to think about it for a really long time. Um, a really long time. I don't know. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm at a crossroads right now. I, oh, I have to tell you the grossest. I, I, I feel like I'm at a crossroads right now. I'll tell you about the grossest extra story that's ever happened to me in a minute, but I just feel like I, I just feel not a crossroads. That's wrong, but I feel like I'm about, this is, I'm fine. I mean, obviously I'm not fine. I'm very sad. I'm, I'm grieving my uncle, but it's not linear. Uh, sometimes I forget why I'm so sad. I'm just like crying over everything. And then I'm like, why am I so sad? Oh, cause the guy who was like, my dad just died and not even a month ago, it'll be a month in like four days and the funerals in two weeks. So like, I'm, 
I'm trying to be easy on myself about that, but I feel like I'm at one of those points where I don't, I don't know if any, and I'm done saying, I don't know if you've experienced this before. If you're still listening to me, you probably have, or you understand what I'm saying. Um, I, I, I'm at a bottom, you know what I mean? I'm a bottom of everything. Like I, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, I'm just putting one foot in the, in front of the other every day. I can't seem to shake a guy who, who I've never met and uh, does not treat me very well. Um, everybody that raised me has passed away. I, I'm, you know, I'm not jobless, but I'm jobless. You know, it just it, like every week it's like, all right, how am I going to make money this week? And it's really scary. I just feel like I am walking on a tightrope with no net. And I'm falling. And that sounds so dramatic. Um, I am I am not dramatic. Um, it sounds really dramatic, but it is, you know, just... But I know that every time I've ever felt this way, like, here's the hope of it. Every time I've ever felt this way, I... Something really, really great comes on the other end of it. You know, when you get to the bottom of everything... And when you let go, like I said, drop the fucking rope, not just with Seattle, but with all of it, you know, with my family member who just consistently needs to like put me down or give me a hard time, no matter, you know, it, it just with all at the bottom of all of it, where I am like, you know, dipping into savings because jobs keep getting canceled because of Omicron, but our government isn't seeming to care that people aren't able to work as much as they were, you know, it's just like all of it, 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 um, I know that something really powerful is on the other side of this. It's just, you got to go through that shitty part first to get through it. You know what I mean? Like there's that saying, if you're going through hell, keep going. Uh, don't stop in the middle of hell, keep going. And I'm fine and I'm grateful and I'm grateful that I have enough experience under my belt that I know that nothing lasts forever, you know? Like there's a saying, I think I'm going to quote John Mayer again. God, what the fuck is that about? I'm not even a John Mayer fan. I'm not, not a fan. I'm just not a fan. Um, I'm not like, I've, I've like the, the song I was going to quote about, about Seattle earlier where it was like, I've done, there's a song where it's like, I've done all I can. I've stood on the steps with my heart in my hand and I'm starting to see it has nothing to do with me. And that's what I keep thinking about Seattle. I'm like, this has nothing, this guy doing this to me has nothing to do with me. It's like someone doesn't, like, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like someone doesn't treat people that way because of the people they do it because they're fucked up inside and I can let him go now. The other John Mayer quote I was going to do, I think he, he was just like, if you're happy right now, if you're not happy right now, don't worry, nothing lasts forever. And if you're happy right now, enjoy it because nothing lasts forever. And like, that's the thing. Like, it's just like every, this too shall pass everything, you know? the ebbs and flows. And, um, I was talking to my, you know, my, my dear friend, uh, a couple of weeks ago and we're talking about my uncle and, and, you know, the COVID and I had COVID at the time and I was really tired and really, it just, you know, you know, I'd lost a bunch of jobs because of me having COVID and then other people having COVID, like the whole thing. And, you know, it's just part of the journey, man. It's just part of the journey. And so right now I'm in the, you know, the, is it ebb? I think the flow is the good part. Ebb flow. I don't know. Um, I'm in that part of it and it's the bottom of everything. And it, and I know I'll, you know, I'll climb back out of this. I always do. Um, and I know I'll let go of this guy and just drop the rope, you know, just drop the fucking rope. Whew. I'm glad that they're quiet outside. I'm glad. Um, Oh, it's just so wild. It's so wild. So the, the extra story, I'm going to tell you the extra story. If you're dying to hear it, it's so gross. It's so gross. It's so, so I was 25 years old. I was working in an extra as an extra. Um, I, I have no idea what movie it was or what show it was. I was working as an extra. Oops. And my boyfriend who had lived in New York had just broken up with me. Um, he's in the book. Hey there, Josh Norton. Um, and I, you know, I was devastated and, uh, I, you know, I got, I got there and this girl, I was like 25 or 26. So she seemed eight, like, she seemed like eons younger than me. So she could have been, I, I don't know. She could have been, and she's probably like 22, but she sits down next to me and she's like, 
hi. And she seems somewhat normal. And, you know, as we're talking throughout the day, I'm telling her about my breakup and she's one of those people like not one of the, not a one upper, but someone who, you know, like, I don't know if any, I, I'm positive everyone has experienced this. You're talking to someone and be it a stranger or not, you're talking to them and you're telling them a story and they somehow have exactly the same story you have, except for a little bit worse or a little bit better but it's not one upping. It's like, they're like making it up. Like you can tell they're making it up. Like you're like, well, I went to Cabo and I met this guy and we had mojitos. It's like, well, I went to Cabo and I met three guys and we had, you know what I mean? Like, and it's not a one upper cause you know, it's like clearly not the truth. And so all day, this girl, everything I'm saying, and I'm, I'm in school at the time. So everything I'm saying and doing, she's like, one upping, but also you can tell it's like not real. Right. And I, and you can tell it's also that she wants me to like her. And you know, it's not her being, she's not weird. She just wants me to like her. So it's, you know, and I, I think we've all experienced this. I've experienced it a couple of times in my life. And so whatever. And I, you know, I'm just so sad that I don't even care. Like it, I'm just like, whatever, like I'm so heartbroken. And I remember that day I told both of my parents about the breakup and cause I was really sad and they, they were both in my life still at the time and they didn't know about my boyfriend because you know well you've listened to the podcast and you don't tell those two people anything they don't care about anything but they didn't you know they they only thought about themselves when it came to everything um and so I told both of them on the phone that day because I'd been MIA and they were calling and calling and calling and like worried and why aren't you responding to us and it was just because I you know I was really sad so I called both of them uh and I'm devastated I'm devastated over the breakup and I tell my dad and my dad gets really really angry at me because I didn't tell him I had a boyfriend. I mean, like irrationally angry. He might've even hung up on me. He was so angry. And I was like, well, I'm very devastated. And then my mom started to cry because she was so sad that she lost this guy. So sad. And I was like, but you'd never met him. And she's like, I know. I just feel like I'm just so heartbroken because I can't believe he left you. And she made it all about her heartbreak somehow. It was so weird. So it was just such a weird day to begin with. So I normally if someone was bothering me that much as an expert, like I'm really good at being like, Hey, I'm just going to read my book. So see you around. Um, but I, you know, whatever, I was just so broken and my parents were whatever those two people were doing with whatever, whatever their thought processes were with that. Um, and then we never spoke of this guy ever again, by the way, neither one. Oh, my dad, one time I was home and this guy who I called Josh Norton in the book, calls me and won't stop calling me. We're at like my godparents house and my phone keeps ringing and my dad goes, that's the guy. And I was like, yeah, um, he's just calling. I, I'll call him another time. And he's like, he won't stop calling you. And I was like, no, he goes, wow, boy won't stop calling you. Boy still loves you. Boy. I think about that all the time. Um, just boy still loves you. But he, it, again, it wasn't like a dad, like, Oh honey, he, that means he still has feelings. It was like a jealous boyfriend, uh, that relationship. I think I go to 25 years of therapy and 12 steps. And I finally just accepted that that relationship is, it was what it was, you know, and it's over and I'm better for being over and whatever. But so this girl, uh, that that's a weird point to put in there. But, um, I'm just saying like the more I unravel about my dad and I's relationship, the more I'm like, man, that was way more fucked up than I even thought. Oh my God. How could it get you more fucked up? Uh, so this girl and I, we go to the bathroom, right? Well, I go to the bathroom and she's like, I got to go to the bathroom too. And I was like, all right. So we go into the bathroom. It's just her and I, there's stalls and I pee and she pees and she's like, Oh my God, I started my period. And I was like, Oh man, she's like, do you have anything? And honestly, because of what transpired next, I do not remember if I had anything. I do not, I cannot tell you if I, I, you know, so we'll say, yes, I did. I gave her a tampon. Right. And so she's like, thank you so much. And then she walks out of the stall holding the bloodiest underwear I've ever seen in my life in her hands. And she starts rinsing them in the sink on a studio lot in a room that anyone could walk into. It's not like we were like in a single bathroom with a door lock. Like she's like scrubbing her underwear and I'm like, I better go. And she's like, no, 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 stay here with me. And I don't know. I can't tell you why I was like, okay. So I sat there watching the stranger clean her own blood out, not, you know, period blood out of her underwear on a studio lot in the middle of like a Tuesday afternoon in front of a stranger. Like it was just no big deal. And then if you've ever had that happen, it doesn't always get out very easily. Like you have to like soak it. You got to like do, you know, I mean, you know, there's, there's some methods that you got to go. And so it took a while and then she was done. And then she 
so it still had a little bit of a stain to it, like, right? Like it still had a little bit of a, and so then she hung it around her purse to dry. And I was like, oh, you're going to walk out with your period underwear just hanging on your purse and not inside your purse? She's like, well, how are they supposed to dry? And I was like, I don't know, but I feel like I'm embarrassed to be around walking with the girl with the period underwear everywhere. I never saw that girl again. Couldn't figure out of a lineup, but I think about that once a week. Part of me is like, you got to kind of admire the like zero fucks. And then the other part of me is like, no, you, sometimes you should have some fucks, right? You should have some fucks, not like the girl with the teeth, like food in her teeth. You should have some fucks, not necessarily zero, but you should have some fucks, right? So I think that's the episode. Uh, so here's the poop scoop for the week. Here's the poop scoop. So remember the guy that started my sexual revolution? Which, by the way, I have a few new Patreon. I gotta hit stop hitting this microphone. I keep on plugging it. Um, I uh, I have a few new Patreon subscribers, and I have decided that I am gonna do the sexual revolution. Uh, exclusive on Patreon where I talk about my, you know, my dating, like that way I can be much more free because I know some of these guys may start listening to this and ooh. Uh, but uh, I've decided it's going to come out the 15th of every month. That way there's absolutely two bonus episodes you get every month and it's better for me to be on a schedule like I have Wednesdays, right? So the 15th of every month, if you're a Patreon subscriber, uh, you'll get an episode of the Sexual Revolution 2022. Um and so thank you for joining the Patreon. And then also the first of the month, I have a podcast with uh, Jeff May, comedian Jeff May. Ugh, fine. We have a podcast and uh, it's really fun to just, you know, banter with him. We have great banter. He's a funny dude. Uh, so um, if you want to join, go to kimcrawl.com or patreon.com slash kimcrawl. And there's many levels and uh, we're getting it rolling. Finally, a year later, I'm finally up and rolling. All of your Patreon shit is halfway in the mail. I'm waiting on one more thing to mail. You know, I have a little like thank you bag for people who joined. Um, I'm halfway done. I'm waiting for one more thing to put in there. And then so I'm one year later. I'm finally the Patreon is up and going. Uh, but if you want to join uh, patreon.com slash Kim Crawl. So every month on the 15th, I will release, uh, the sexual revolution of 2022 Kim crawls. Um, if you want to join, uh, you get to hear all about that. But the guy who started the whole thing, uh, he is a writer and we both wrote a book and the other night we were texting and I was like, uh, you know, I was like, Oh, I really want to read something you wrote. He's like, you mean besides my book? And I was like, I don't know. I feel like it goes against what we have for me to read your book. And he goes, well, my book, your book, my, my book, as you guys know, confessions of a recovering party girl, which you can also get at kimcrawl.com. I have signed copies left. Um, he, uh, he was, you know, he was like, well, your book is already in my Amazon cart. And I was like, what? And then I almost felt more vulnerable because there's a lot of like someone that I'm sleeping with or dating. I don't know how bad I want them to read my book because it's very vulnerable. And it is it is a lot. And, you know, they're wild stories, but they're kind of there's some gross stories. And then there's also stories in there about like how I put up with a bunch of bullshit for like a decade currently putting up with a bunch of bullshit. Again, it's over. We're dropping the rope. Um, he. uh and so I decided to start reading the book again. I haven't read it, you know, since I released it, like, you know, you know, six months, seven months ago. And I don't know if I, so this is the poop scoop and I'm out of poop scoops, guys. I mean, I almost put my pants in my apartment the other day, uh, yesterday, I think it was. I don't know. I don't even know how that happens. You're just sitting there and then all of a sudden you're about to shart and you're like, what the fuck? You can poop your pants outside of your home. But I feel like it's almost more embarrassing if you're like right by your toilet. I feel like when they're an emergency and it just happens. I don't know. I think about all this all the time. Um, but I, uh, I, so I'm reading it and the very, why did I make the very first chapter? I'm proud. I'm not proud of this, but I'm proud of it. I love my book. I love my book and you should read it if you haven't yet. Uh, the very first chapter is about how a guy that I was seeing went down on me moments after I pooped my pants <laughs> and I didn't know I'd pooped my pants and sharted, right? If you don't know what that is, I don't believe you, but, uh, it's where you, you think you're pooping or you think you're farting and then you really poop your pants. That, that guy was, uh, and so as I'm reading it, so that, and then like the first like five stories are about me, like almost shitting my pants somewhere, which is very on brand, but I'm like, Oh my God, will this guy find me sexy anymore? Uh, I did get his book yesterday and, uh, I'm about to read it. And so I guess hopefully, hopefully I have stuff in there I can judge him for. Um, but that's the only poop scoop I have, you guys. How am I out of poop stories? Send me your poop stories. Just do it. Um, I think that's it. I... 
We'll end on I am one lucky broad. I'm one lucky broad that uh, I get to go see someone who grounds me. Maybe that was the reason why this Seattle went to, to San Diego. So I would have a reason to finally go see Ali. Ali, who always grounds me. I mean, he's just somebody who just... I don't know. It's like, in a like he'll, he's very, he's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And he's all like emotionally intelligence and actual intelligence. He's got like a PhD. He was like curing cancer for a while. Now he's in like the bureaucracy. I have zero idea how he, what he does for a living now, but he like, he like studied to cure cancer, right? He's like one of the smartest, like actual smartest people I've ever met. And then also his emotional intelligence is like off, off the grid too. He's so fucking, and, and maybe that is the reason why I reached out to Seattle because I now I'm going to go down and have a healing afternoon with one of my favorite people that seems to always be able to bring me back or say words that, um, that just help in every situation. Uh, right before, right after my dad died, he got married, uh, to his wife who is also just a lovely human. I can't wait to see her too. Um, and I've, because they were getting married and I, you know, I got, I think I got their invitation, like, within days before after my dad died. So I just, you know, one of those things where you don't remember a lot and you just put the invitation down and you're like, okay, well I'll deal with this in a few days. And then I forgot. And so I called him cause it was too late by the time I found it again. Right. you know, I called him and I was like, oh my God, I want to come to your wedding. I didn't, I didn't RSVP. Oh no, I text him first. I was like, I'm so sorry. Cause I was somewhere and I couldn't call him, but I was like, oh my God, I just found your wedding invitation. And I didn't RSVP. I really want, I'm coming, please. No, I'm coming. And you know, I was like, I'm so sorry. My, my father passed away and I hadn't really told that many people. He's not on social media really. So he, like I hadn't called people to tell him people just knew cause I announced it on social media as you do when someone like that dies. Cause it's just like the phone, you already have to make enough phone calls and it's already, you know, it's social media is great for that. At least you can just make one blanket statement and then just, you know, isolate for a while. Um, and he called me immediately and he was like, of course you're coming to the wedding. We already got you RSV, whatever. Right. But he was like, his words were just so comforting. Um, like he was able to like pinpoint exactly how I felt. And, and it was like, you know, you know, this death is sad and it's hard, but it's the way it's supposed to go. Um, he just, he was like, you know, your parent dying, you know, the saddest thing in the world is you dying before your parent. That's the saddest thing in the world, but you're supposed to say goodbye to your parents. That's, you know, part of the cycle. Like he's like, like getting acne or having your first kiss. And it may sound like such a simple pair of words, but it was something I really needed. Not, not cause it just, you know, when you lose someone like that, you feel so isolated and alone and having someone tell you that this is just a part of the journey, even though on, you know, some intellectual level, you know that, but having someone like that tell you that. Then when I broke up a boyfriend years and years ago, um, oh, I was devastated. This was like one of the first heartbreaks I'd ever had, like hard heartbreaks, right? Like this first like serious relationship and it ended and it was awful. And I just hopped in a car and I drove to San Diego just to be with Ollie. And it was a whole weekend of just healing. I just healed this person. So, you know, not a Seattle guy set aside. I also have a lot of stuff going on in my, you know, in my personal life, my health, my uncle, I got to return back to the fucking trauma nest of Denver in a few weeks. And maybe, so I'm one lucky broad that I have a person like Ali that is home. You know, I, I have a lot of those people. I'm grateful and I get to see him for a night and I get to see his baby who looks exactly like his jolly dad. And I can't wait his baby. I've never met his baby, but he just looks like the most fun baby ever. So, um, whew. There it is, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Always, always. Thank you. Um, if you uh, follow me on everything, you know, Kim Crawl, uh, email me at kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. If you have, while you're a lucky broad, say hi or give me a poop scoop. Give me a goddamn poop scoop. Uh, if you want to join Patreon, uh, you can. Uh, the bonus episode is like $3 a month, I think. Um, 
And I'm going to start trying to record these earlier so you get access to early episodes as well. So uh, look out for the 15th, which is in three days. I will be having my first episode of my sexual revolution 2022 exclusively on Patreon. Um, And then buy my book. Please buy my book, Amazon, or you can get a signed copy at kimcrawl.com. It's Confessions of a Recovering Party Girl. I think that is it. I don't have any shows coming up. I believe I have one at the end of the month that I need to look into because I don't remember. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. But the the message of this episode, which will be the title of it, I'm dropping the rope on everything. You know what I mean? Just fucking surrendering. Just fucking surrendering. All right, everyone. I love you. Be safe. Be kind. It's really rough right now. It's a tough time to be a human. So be kind to one another. And I will talk to you soon. Bye. Crawl space, crawl space, I don't care, crawl, crawl.